0: Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast, a podcast about storytelling.
1: I don't want to write about this. Surely I have better. Better stories, themes, characters, and ideas for dialogue. I know that I have better scrawled on stacks of notebooks, stashed in every corner of the house. I found better scribbled on loose leaf, flattened under the chipped marble ashtray filled with tiny mountains of old incense and ashes from weed. I have better, but none of it is the truth. The truth of who I am, as anonymous as I am, the deep-down sadness buried into the pit of my stomach, the continual exhaustion from merely waking up, the persistent yearn to stay locked up in the safety of my room, the nights engulfed in black. All the echoes of my bellowing sobs muffled by a pillow float through the house at night. Known to be infamously happy, I'm not allowed to be sad. Known to be composed and charming, I'm not allowed to fall apart. Depression is a deep sadness and it feels like walking through impenetrable sludge. It's almost like the heartbreak you feel when a loved one dies except the person you're mourning for is yourself. I'm not able to perform. I'm a human puddle for my partner, I'm embarrassed for dropping the ball and looking to shovel that work, I ignore the persistent call of the pen and paper because I'm simply too tired to try to create, and I never actually do. So, I don't want to write about this. But as the truth falls from my lips and onto the screen, I can't help but think to myself, if the truth shall set you free, <laughs> I better be able to motherfucking fly after this beyond my open windows. Have you ever been out on a boat in the middle of the ocean? Imagine riding the waves as freckles of seawater splash against your cheek. Imagine staring back from where you once came from as the shore shrinks into the thinnest line between the water and sky. From a seagull's-eye view, you are suddenly a tiny dot. Above you, endless atmosphere painted with pastel ribbons of blue among the bright sunny sky. Below you, a deep, dark, ominous abyss. Suddenly, you are not so important in the grand scheme of things. You are a speck on the world map in which the Creator sketched. Suddenly, you realize that your problems aren't so serious, and you marvel at the grandiosity that exists outside of you. It's the rarest of occasions now, but when I was a child, my father would take my little brother and I deep-sea fishing. I would run towards the bow of the boat where old men wearing floral shirts drank beer and baited their hooks. My brother and I would lean against the rails and look out for dolphins. Being two little kids from Toronto, deep sea fishing on a rickety boat in Florida was a mighty adventure. My brother, usually wearing a pea colored fisherman's hat, always caught the biggest fish. I would sit cross legged on the bench, holding my fishing rod and daydreaming about the mermaids who lived beneath the waves. As the boat rocked back and forth and the sun turned my brown skin into gold, I would pretend that we were lost at sea and surviving on rations among killer whales and stormy skies. (sighs) Had anyone ever been so young? It had been years since I had been on a boat, and I wanted to grow up fast, falling in and out of love, in and out of nightclubs, and in and out of consciousness. I was an adult, and in the real world, there was no time for imagination. There was no time for storytelling. The little girl who once held notebooks full of short stories now carried around a loaded iPad and a portfolio of her website copy. I hadn't thought about anything outside of myself in years. Everything was about me, my breakups, my traumas, my mental illness, and the lack of boundaries that I had with friends. I had an ongoing love affair with external validation, working overtime, abusive relationships, obsessive relationships with friends. I had issues with persona and control. I held on to things from my childhood and as a result created a feast for my obsessive, compulsive, anxious thoughts to feast on. I stopped falling asleep and started taking medication to knock me out. Sleep. The land I used to visit as a child, the place where my imagination painted portraits of beauty was now empty blackness. Sleep turned into a way to time travel into the future as it brought me towards another terrible day. I couldn't get out of bed. I was disappointed because I did everything my parents told me to do, and did everything by the book, and became a person with an empty soul. It took me a while, but after graduating from university, I realized that I was entitled to absolutely nothing. I became sad, really fucking sad, with underlining tones of guilt and shame. Guilt and shame washed over me like a huge wave at an eerie beach. I felt guilty for being middle class and raised in the suburbs, guilt for being light-skinned, guilt for having a university degree, couldn't advance in her career, and developed crippling anxiety as a result. Guilt for not being abused or growing up poor, guilt for having frequent panic attacks and long bouts of depression, guilt for using my antidepressants and anxiety medication. Guilt for letting my parents down, even when they insisted I hadn't. As the drugs filled voids in my chest, I found peace in the numbness, general apathy for living. The numb made it bearable to exist in a reality I despised. It kept the deep sadness at bay, and I no longer belonged to anyone anywhere. I was a zombie, a non-player character who only cared about material things and roamed the halls at night. On this particular night, cover watered the entire floor of the bathroom, and I had been up since 3 a.m. again. Standing in front of the mirror, water dripped from my curls and down my shoulders before falling to its end on the tile floor. Long showers in the middle of the night were the only thing that helped to soothe my constant mind chatter. I'd been here before. I knew grabbing the half-open bottles of Ativan from the medicine cabinet would send me back to the land of the dead. (sighs) Medication no longer worked. I was disappearing. I no longer recognized my reflection in the mirror. My eyes were dark and my lids were bruised from nights of crying into the mattress. I rested my hands on both sides of the sink and stared at my body. I started the process of picking away at myself. I looked at the size of my thighs and imagined cutting a gap between them with my fingers in the shape of scissors. My stomach hung and that's the part I hated the most a swollen pocket filled with shame that I carried around my waist every single day. Leaving puddles of footprints in the blackness, my eyes felt infrared. I was so used to living in the dark that I could get to my room with my eyes closed. I reached my door, tumbled in, and slammed my back against it closed. Walking had become a chore of its own. My body felt heavy and my heart weighed more. But... As the sun started to peek over the darkness, beyond my open windows, I marveled at the water-colored sky. As a child, I had space and time to create my little world. My mom called it Brittany World, others called it being ditzy, spaced out, tuned out, or daydreaming, but back then I called it my imagination. I wasn't a kid that played outdoors, although I did enjoy playing sports. I drew pictures, I played with Barbies, I made up adventures with my brother, but most of all, I wrote. In the fourth grade, I submitted a mutated short story of ten pages to Miss Maley, my English teacher. I looked at her face as I placed the five-pound duotang folder on her desk. Honey, it was only supposed to be two pages. (laughs) I always had a pad of paper and towers of notebooks filled with scribbles of long, flowery prose weaving through little sketches of hearts and birds. I wrote about orphan girls getting lost in the forest and acquiring superpowers. I wrote about female spies who helped to end World War II. I knew who I was at a young age, but as I got older, I quickly realized the type of girl that I was would have to be molded into uncomfortable positions to survive. It was my parents' number one priority to ensure that I was given opportunity. It was my number one priority to pay them back for their efforts by being who society wanted me to be. In that world of reality, there was no more room for my imagination, it was time to grow up. In my favorite Zora Neale Hurston novel, I once read, the nigger woman is the mule of the world as far as I can see. And no one else has since described the plight of a black woman better than she. When you're desperate to get better, you'll do anything. I was done with medication and reached for an alternative remedy. After learning about the benefits of sacred plants from the hippies I met at a party on King Street, I purchased five grams of shrooms. I did my research. I bought teas, oils, vitamins, and fresh food to nurture my body afterwards. I was ready to detox. I was ready to purge the pain. My mind opened up as wide as the universe, and suddenly it was clear. I could see. The problem was I existed in a world that saw me one way, while my only desire was to be the opposite. It meant being regal, educated, polished, and strong because a black man needed a strong black woman. I started to think that the price of being a strong black female came with woes of being. There were things that I would have to put up with in order to fit this role. Life was all about proving my worthiness and taking care of others first before myself. And soon after, disappointment after disappointment, I realized that in this world, there were no fairy tales. Miracles didn't exist. My imagination was childlike delusion, and I was probably meant to work in an office. Because you know what they say, those who can't do, teach or take jobs they hate. I decided to press pause on everything. Instead of spinning my wheels trying to run a rat race, I decided to bow out. I drove my life's possessions in my 97 RAV4 and wore failure like a tattoo on my forehead. I drove along the suburban streets of my home, driving the residential speed limit. It was as if I was following the procession to the burial site of my former life. I was a cliché I watched in movies, the adult child that moves in with family to lick her wounds. The reality was that I had done an amazing thing. For once, I listened to the universe's whispers to stop. For once, I had stripped my body of all of its layers, and I was as fragile as a newborn baby. This is what all the self-help books described when they said rebirth. I had allowed myself to break down, and I didn't care who witnessed it. I started to remove and unpack things stored in my subconscious that no longer served me. Everything that I knew about life had ceased to be a viable truth. It was time to discover my truth of how life was supposed to be lived. I knew it was going to be a path less wandered and a lifelong process, but I now proved to myself that the way I was taught to live wasn't going to work for me. Dear reader, if you're listening... This is what I know for sure. I was chosen by the universe to write, as if I were an ancient scribe in a past lifetime. I spend my new days laying in the grass and writing all day. On days like these, I see a glimpse of my higher self, the me who wakes up with the sun and goes for a hike, the me who practices yoga on her porch and writes in a home office. She cooks dinner for her loved ones and plans trips to exotic places. She travels the world to meet people with stories of their own. She listens and learns from the souls of others and writes down her experiences and shares them with the world. She teaches what she knows to give back to the universe. She loves hard and unapologetically. She accepts herself and remembers the days when the darkness once dimmed her light. She comforts the old her, holds her hand, and guides her to the path of becoming exactly who she wants to be.
2: do you want to do a bit of a read in or something just as like to to make us feel like we're starting a thing
3: oh you mean when we always just like somehow introduce uh that we are all on the stories we don't tell podcast and yeah introduce who we are so my name is paul
2: uh i'm stefan and i'm
3: joey and we have an extra special guest uh who is that please tell us <laughs>
1: Hey guys, uh, my name is Brittany and I'm so excited to be here.
3: (laughs) We are very excited to have you. So we just heard a story from you, uh, that we love and that we, uh, we first heard during our, um, online workshops that we're doing, but I feel like this has been a story that you've thought a lot about and that is in, you know, it encompasses a lot of things. Uh, Maybe can you just sort of take us through what led you to finally kind of sitting down and getting the story down on paper or however you write?
1: Sure. So I had an epic mental breakdown (laughs) one year after just feeling incredibly overwhelmed with everything in my life. And I, I just used to be the type of person that would always just like push through things. And I didn't wanna be a baby about things. Um, and so I, I, I'm like kind of like a bull in a china shop. I'm always just like trudging forward, bouncing into walls. <laughs> and uh, finally, I, everything just came to a, a huge crash and I needed to learn to just stop and take a breath. And part of uh, me processing things throughout my life has always been writing. And so I used writing to kind of just empty out my head and it was just crazy to get it all out, see it on paper, and then start organizing it in a way to process things. And so that eventually uh, became my story. And I entered it into a contest um, and didn't win. But I got really good feedback. And so um, I just keep working on it little by little. But yeah, that's basically what it is. (laughs)
3: Brain dump. That's that's great. So how, how, for you, like in your own kind of mind, how did it go from you know, this is like a life experience. These are experiences that you're going through and like writing helps you and you put it down. But then um, having the kind of courage to be able to take that that is very personal and start sharing it with other people. Like how did that process go for you? How did that feel?
1: Yeah, so um, I I went to a storytelling um, event It was my first time and I was kind of just like really encouraged by my friends to go to it. And after sharing a very like non-personal generic story about a weird job interview I had, um, I had this weird feeling of like just like peace. And so I was like, okay, let's try this again kind of thing. Um, So when I wrote that piece I wasn't gonna share it with anyone actually um, at first because I was like, this is too much. It's a little too crazy, a little too heavy. Um, and then I just remember that feeling of going to that storytelling event and telling the story. And I was like, what would happen if I just happened to share it? The theme of the contest was depression as well. So I thought maybe I had <laughs> a leg up there. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess I just thought like, you know, sharing it would make me feel better about it, I guess, if that makes any sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: No, for sure. It's interesting you mentioned that because that was something that drew me to some of my early stories as well was trying to nail down the narrative of my own life. Yeah. You know, like trying to come up with a way to understand experiences, especially traumatic experiences for myself that was a way that I would then, in writing it and then in telling it, was a way to sort of own it and 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 like some like nail it down really to be like this is what happened this is how how it like and what it meant to me and how it exists and and so I'm curious if that sort of because like what's interesting also is 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 it's a it's a long story not from lengthwise but you it covers a long period of your life it feels like um and so it's in how how did that sort of impact your ability to sort of like like, because because it was it's it's grandiose in its in its scope Um, you know, trying to nail that much down of your life, I think must've been a bit of a challenge because of, you know, because of how wide it is.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, it started off as just talking about the experience and then the whole beginning part where it kind of talks about like looking outside of yourself and understanding that there's more than just your problems. That came way after, (laughs) after Mm -hmm. like uh, living out the story. Um, And when I work with uh, with writers and authors, it's the same thing. I, I come across people who are like, I have this story and I, I need to share it, but there's so much to it. And and how does, like, how do you package it into a story or how do you, uh, I don't know, just like get it all out and have it make sense. And so there's this part that I talk about of just like knowing when you've uh, finished living out that part of your story, I think, to make it this whole cohesive thing um, and giving your t- yourself time to live live through it and just see what happens because you never really know when the end of a story truly is and so i think that little diary brain fart thing that turned into (laughs) what it is now was because i gave myself time to really think through what had happened and um you know looking kind of like looking back like what does this all mean if that makes
0: sense (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm. oh no it totally makes sense sorry joey oh
0: that's okay uh, and you were saying like you work with other, you work with writers and, and some storytellers too. And so how, how does the process of you writing your own stories help in that? Like what's that relationship like?
1: Yeah, so uh, working with writers is like, it feels like I'm here to do it. Like I'm here to like encourage people to get their stories out. And um, it, it feels innate and I love helping people kind of like construct a story and find their way through it. But then when it comes to myself, there's always that block, that emotional block of like, I can't go too deep. Or, I, I, or sometimes I felt like I didn't have the energy to go deep after, you know, trying to help someone else get to those, those points in their writing process. And I was always like, I'll oh, I'll work on mine later. But um, I started to realize that the more I write, the more sane I am, the more able, the more skills I am able to have to help people get to that point as well. Um, and so I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but it's it's kind of therapeutic for me as well to help people. And then when it comes to myself, I've had to learn to kind of like um, create a little pocket of time that's just for me. So now I only write super late in the night, which is like, weird, I'm like a vampire. Um, or I write super early in the morning, or I have to like, be outside really early in the morning by myself by like a bench somewhere and write. And that's how I'm able to like get my imagination going. Um, but the process with uh, working with other people, it's it's so much easier, I find, because we can brainstorm together. I love, I love collaborative storytelling. I think storytelling is collaborative. And so it, it just comes out that way for me. But yeah, so in this whole experience of working with writers, I've now learned to um, draw inspiration from the people that I'm, I work with as well, so I can go in my own time and just kind of do my own thing.
3: So if you like it, maybe I'd be interested to with your, you know like you're talking about working with other writers. And now you are, because uh, I feel like, especially say when you came and you shared this story in our workshop, Um, I mean, I think from what I recall, immediately, everyone was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I totally I connect to that. And and," which is always a great feeling, because I think sometimes when you're sharing stuff like that, it's very difficult because you um, you're like, is anybody going to get this or am I like kind of is this weird or whatever? But um, like, what would you so somebody comes to you that wants to work with you and they want to tell a story like the one we just heard that you that you wrote? What kind of things, this combination of your experience with working with writers, but also now this sort of more personal experience that you're doing in your own writing, like what would you tell, what would you tell you, somebody like you, if you were going to, um, they wanted to write, they had this story and they're like, I want to write this thing. How can I, what, what, what should I do? How can I tackle this?
1: Yeah. So I think the first thing that um, I like to remind writers is that your story is your—it's your story. It's your piece of art that's going to come out of you onto this paper, and so you really want to know what you're writing and know why you're writing it and write the story that you want to write if that makes any sense um and then later we can work on how this is going to provide value for the readers because um i get a lot of authors that say things like i i don't want to share this story because it's too hard Um, i don't want to be known for my trauma i don't want to be known for this hard story but yet i want to share it and i totally get that feeling and i think authors like fight themselves like they feel like they want to share it, but then they, it's too hard and they just give up, right? And so my whole thing is like A, your experiences are unique, but also you never know who's experienced the same thing that you'd experience, right? So, first of all, writing something that can connect to somebody's like experience is like it's a really interesting connection. And that's why I think collaborative storytelling is such an amazing thing, because you can literally Um, tear down boundaries in communities and just become one big unison of people who just relate to each other. So that's how I I just love storytelling and how it's, it can be like a community uh, building thing. But um, so that's the first thing is like figuring out what you want to write and writing the story you want to write and then finding a way for it to be valuable. I feel is like the next, the the first three things. And then after that, when it comes to actually writing it, it can be hard. It can be really hard to just open up and and sometimes a hard story is complicated and there's so many different parts. And so I'm a bit a big advocate for just sitting down and outlining it, not to plan it out because you don't wanna to be too mechanical about it, but just to see like what's, what's in there, like what's in your head and like what can we use in the story? And um, you know how can we even rearrange some of the experiences that you just like blurted out, you know what I mean? To make something that's like a beautiful piece of art that someone can read and like really resonate with. So that's how we kind of go through that process.
2: Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to hear someone um, say back so many things that that we have said on this podcast in in different language um, you know like in that like I, I feel like when like the little bits especially you know you said about making sure you live through the experience before trying to tell it you know or the or, or making sure that it's your, knowing that it's your own story and being able to use that, as, like putting that for, first and foremost, is is like is the most like and that you control the narrative and you control what you really want it to be, mm-hmm. uh, in in sort of several ways. It's 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 fascinating to hear sort of like, it's it, it's actually honestly because of the fact that we came through this really through just doing this over and over again, it's actually somewhat validating to hear someone who's gone, and <laughs> come to the same conclusions that these are some of the, the ways to do this kind of writing. And, and so I guess I'm, I, I guess the, 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 I guess the question that I, that I, that I'm left with is when you're, when you are working with these people or your own writing, is, is there a, is there a guide that you have for, for trying to get, you know, get started you know, because like, to me, that ends up being one of the biggest blocks for people, especially who are trying to write these, these stories that are, that, that really matter to them. I, they can get in these blocks of, of, of trying to edit it before they finish writing or anything like that. But like, so do you have any ways for people who have, so who hear your story, want to express something similar or something as, as difficult to them uh, for them to express, but just can't get past the initial getting anything on a page.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's like I've been there for so long, trying to get started on certain stories. I just couldn't write. And actually, this the book I'm working on right now during Nanowrimo. I it's a book idea I've had for like ten years, and I was just like, oh, I can't share this. Like, I don't know why I had this. This, this thought in my head that was just like, you can't share this, it's it's too premature. I always had different reasons why. And so when I meet authors like that, my first thing is to let's identify the blocks first. What is like the story that you're telling yourself that is stopping you from not writing the story? And it's usually something from childhood. Like someone told someone a long time ago that writers never make money, and even if you write a book, who's gonna read it? Right? That's like the main one. And it's like, okay. First of all, I'm a big person that believes in, like, cultivating your own audience, and that's the thing right now with social media, it's so, it's so possible to cultivate your own audience, and you will find a target audience for your story that just needs to hear your message, so don't even worry about who's gonna, like, want to read my story. If your experience is, um, something that someone else has gone through, which we all go through the same things as humans, different stories, different people, but we all go through the same things, right? So someone out there is gonna know exactly what you're talking about and needs to read this book, right? Especially if no one talks about it. And that's what I like about stories we don't tell, like just the name. These are stories that people don't usually tell, but they need to be heard because no one tells them, right? And so I like to bring that up first and identify what those blocks are. Then after that, um, if the author's really struggling with trying to even get started, we do journaling ex- exercises, which can cause some eye rolling because it's like even more writing, but you need to kind of like process like what's going on. Or sometimes like people have an idea and they can't translate the idea into like a book idea. And so I have like a complete guide that takes you from step one, it's like uh, eight steps that helps you like outline your book without actually doing outlining because people are like adverse to outlining, I I feel. And so it's really a journaling exercise, but really what you're doing is outlining your book through this journaling exercise. So I kind
0: of, I trick them a little bit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, never underestimate trickery. (laughs) It is a hell of a tool.
0: (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Um, So so you mentioned a bit ago that you're describing um, this sort of, writing of this as a as a collaborative process but but basically you're writing your own story and each person you know that you're in a, that you're working with or or that you're writing with is also writing their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And so how do you how do you frame it out like how do you feel like it is collaborative? What's the what's the difference between the collaboration? Where, here's the question. Where does the collaboration stop and start?
1: Good question. So, I believe anytime you're writing a story you know, there's an, ask. Af- okay, so let me back up a bit. I believe that creating a book is like building a house, right? It's very structural. You're constructing this piece of writing. Then when it comes to actual writing part, I feel like that's where the magic is, right? And so with tapping into your mag, your magic is like creating your own personal bubble, your space to write and just create the world that's inside your head and try to get it on paper. Now, that's great when you're creating and stuff like that, but you want to know like, is this readable? Is this compelling? Is this engaging? And so that's why I introduce like the uh, collaborative aspect or the community aspect, like taking what you've written and now sharing it with people to see what they think, because I know a lot of people think like, well, it's my book. I'm I'm writing it. It's my story. Why would I share it? But if you're writing a, a book or you're you want to write a story and you're going to share it eventually, then you kind of want to know what people are going to think before like hitting the presses with it, right? Um, and so not only is it just about like getting feedback from people, it's also about like hearing what other people have to say about their stories. Like for instance, um, uh, Thursday. Like, I'll get some ideas just by hearing someone else's story and be like, oh, that's... And even hearing the feedback on that other person's story might jog, like, a memory for me to, like, go back and, like, apply it to my story. So I just feel like... Wait.
0: Sorry, sorry. are you referring to... No, 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 it's okay. You're referring to the the workshop we did. We all did together last week. On Thursday. Right, to get Mm -hmm. your story. Right, okay.
1: And just hearing other people telling their story, I think, helps you to kind of get your brain working. Because, again, like, I just feel like... I I feel like an alien sometimes, I picture the world in weird ways. And so humans to me, we operate under this collective cloud of thinking, right? And so just like we have like similar experiences and similar thoughts, sometimes it's cool to kind of jump in the pool and see what everyone else is doing and pull out something that might be helpful for you or might even jog something unique and creative on your end when it comes to writing. So that's where I think um, uh, the community aspect really helps when it comes to constructing a story.
3: I, I'm so happy that you talked about that, like, getting, um, like, getting something uh, or learning something from other people's feedback, because we have tried to explain that for five years to people, <laughs> that it's like, we really want you, we really encourage you to come to the workshop to workshop your story for your story for that purpose, but also um, because you you uh, get uh we still i think uh l- you know learn so much from what other people um say it's like the stories and the feedback and all of that it's it's so uh, valuable and we continually um get so much out of you know hearing what other people uh have to say definitely i i i kind of wanted to just say uh to to kind of wrap things up is that Uh, if I didn't know you and I was, uh, uh, if I didn't know you, Brittany, and I was listening to this podcast, I would very much, and I had a writing project that I wanted to do. I would very much want to, uh, work with you on it. And I would want to know where I can get in touch with you. So could you please tell us, uh, how people can do that? And we'll also include this in the, you know, show notes and so on.
1: Well, sure. So my uh, website is www.brittanychungcampbell.com. My name is super long. I apologize for that event. (laughs) But on my site, you can get like a free guide that gets you um, like the top 10 tools that you need to start your book. Um, So that would be a really good place to start and figure out like at least like what are the tools that you need to get started? Um, so if you're looking for something like that, you can just head over to my website.
3: That's great. Thank you so much for uh, talking to us and for sharing your story earlier. It's, it's great, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast. Learn more about our book and subscribe to our monthly newsletter at storieswedontell.org. Like our Facebook page for updates about upcoming events, or...